Carolyn, please go ahead. I wanted to um, know your views on pornography. That's a pretty broad subject. Anything uh, more specific than that or just, just in general? Yeah, just in general. Like I was wondering in, if in the big picture perspective, if there's anything positive about it. Well, you know, that's like saying, what's my perspective on, you know, um, uh, psychotropic drugs? You know, it's a similar kind of thing. Uh, it's not that, it's not that uh, everybody who takes a psychotropic drug ends up, you know, messed up and wishing they hadn't. It can possibly be used now and again and be useful, particularly if it's something that's used lightly but not very often just to get an idea of what's what like you know what the bigger picture is and then stop using it so it can be good like that now i'd say pornography is maybe a thing like that it's something that if it is used often become dependent on uh is something that is um what becomes obsessive well, just like the psychotropic drugs then it's probably a bad thing it's not good for you if it's something that you uh, experience but it doesn't uh, you know you, you then basically stick with the with the real world you know not the world on on film or in or uh, video not the, the you know watching but actually being and experiencing as opposed to just looking then there's probably no harm in it, it may actually do some good it may uh, open your eyes to you know, bigger pictures, new, new ideas, new techniques, new things to think about, discussions. So it could be a good idea in that sense. There's nothing fundamentally good or bad about those things, but they're dangerous in the sense that many people abuse and they get pulled into it and they become addicted to it and they, their lives tend to become problematic. They begin to withdraw from the, you know, from society, from the world. They, they start to become dysfunctional. It's hard for them to maintain relationships or jobs or things. So it's, there's really a pretty good uh, metaphorical uh, connection there between using psychotropic substances and using pornography. You know, it's, it's a kind of a similar thing. As a, you know, as a brush that kind of opens your mind to things, well, no harm done there. As a as a thing that, that becomes habitual, generally a lot of harm's done there. And is it a slippery slope between the first and the second? Can be a very slippery slope. It depends on you know who you are and what you are, and so the extent to which any individual can explore these things and not be, you know, find a, something positive in them rather than something negative in them then fine. But if, you know, if you, if you are, I don't know, I hate to say weak, or that's really not fair. But if, if you take that, you know, if you slip on that slippery slope and end up with it being something that you do over and over again and becomes obsessive, then it will probably damage you. It's harmful to you physiologically. I never knew, I never actually made that connection before between taking psychotropic drugs and pornography. But the more I think about it, the more there's really a good, you know, a good commonality in, in those two. It's kind of a, a weird uh, combination. But, uh, if you, you know, if you abuse it, which means use it more than just casually, you know, and occasionally, then you would be abusing it then it will do damage to you both psychologically and probably physiologically both. Same with both. Now, the damage that pornography does to you physiologically is that your body has a lot of programs it runs called instincts. And those instincts are centered around procreation and survival. So you have a lot of instincts centered around procreation. And your body it gets certain stimulus, it, it gets responses to that. And those responses 
are there gen are generated to create more humans. That's the whole thing, procreation, right? And create more humans. And if your purpose or what and how you're doing it and the way your body works and what your body does or doesn't do is not in line with those instincts and the way your body's wired to perform sexually, then it starts to do damage. It starts to get that, you know, that body's, you know, the body's got this sequence. Oh, see this, you know, then get this response, then do that and so on. It's got this whole thing that's part of your instincts. Well, instead, if it goes off in some other direction, because follow your instincts actually needs a physical body and not just pictures, then there's part of your your physiology that's being bent around a corner. You know, it's not it's not working right. It's not working as planned. It's not working as the instincts have have built your body. So it can be harmful to you in that way. So physically, emotionally, mentally, you can end up withdrawing from this virtual reality and living in some other virtual reality that is pretty squalid and limited and shallow. Same goes with the drugs. You know, so that would be my thoughts about uh, pornography. It's you know, you, to come out and say, oh, it's a horrible thing that shouldn't exist and nobody should ever look at it. Well, that would be very dogmatic and, and uninformed. I'm sure that it has its place and can be, you know, used wisely, as can psychotropic drugs. You know, there's probably ways that uh, in a clinical setting one could use those. And we probably haven't discovered most of them because we have such a dysfunctional attitude toward these drugs that we don't look for their, you know, their possibilities where they might be helpful. We kind of, you know, it's hard for us to be rational when it comes to things like that. And it's hard for us to become rational when we're talking about sexuality as well. And also we have a lot of dysfunctional attitudes there. So in any case, Yes, could be could be helpful some places, some situations, but slippery slope, and if you get caught down that slippery slope, it will do damage in multiple ways, and it will take a lot of effort to get out of that damage, to come back from it. It won't be just trivial. It'll be something you'll have to work on over time. It'll, cre it'll create all kinds of problems for you, social problems. You know, relationship problems, even problems at work. It'll begin to dominate your life more and more. I mean, this this connection between the psychotropic drugs and pornography is really, uh, really kind of uh, interesting. They really do have a lot in common. So, anyway, that would be my my uh, take up on uh, pornography. Not an evil thing in by itself, but can be very destructive. And Tom, would you qualify that with these things that you're speaking of as only those things that are legal, of course? <laughs> Donna, uh, I don't know if the rest of you know, but Donna has her roots in being a lawyer. She she uh, got out of law school. So when she I'm hears so me, sorry. <laughs> when, when she hears me say things, Tom, are you suggesting that people do things that are illegal? <laughs> oh, you could be arrested for that and put in jail. <laughs> she wants me to have a little caveat here that says, absolutely not. Never do anything illegal, folks. Don't do that. That isn't good. It isn't healthy. You might get in trouble. You might get me in trouble. And uh, no, Donna, I wasn't. I wasn't. Wasn't encouraging anybody to do anything illegal. Absolutely not. Please don't do anything oh. <laughs> illegal. Okay. Good luck with the editing on that one, Justin. <laughs> um, yeah, let's go to Jan next. Or Jan. I, I just wanted to ask a follow-up question. Oh, of course. I'm sorry, Caroline. I didn't, yeah. uh, didn't I'm sorry. Your... I had to turn off the camera because the connection is just so bad. Oh, so okay. Please go I ahead. I be able to hear Tom's question. Yeah, um, you mentioned some 
dysfunctional attitudes we have towards sexuality. And I would like to know uh, what dysfunctional attitudes you were talking about. Well, you know, that depends where you live. <laughs> dysfunctional attitudes towards sexuality, you know, change. They, they, they grow and they diminish. Depends on what culture you're in, where. Um, you know, you're over there in, uh, in Europe and Germany and, and, uh, you have a lot more open attitudes towards sexuality than we do here in the United States. You know, you guys chased away all your religious fanatics across the sea to America. And, you know, we have that now as our heritage. So we tend to have more puritanical attitudes because the Puritans, you know, were all run out of Europe and sent over here. So it uh, makes a difference where you are. But still, even in Europe, there's still a lot of dysfunctional attitudes, you know, toward sexuality. You know, if you treat sexuality as a, as a thing in itself, you're going to make mistakes and, and end up on the wrong end up on the wrong side of many choices. You have to treat sexuality as part of being human. You, know, you have to treat it as this, as part of this avatar evolved here. It evolved, you know, by being good at having sex and procreating and being good at survival. That's why we're here. Anything that wasn't good at that, those two things isn't here anymore. They're extinct. So sexuality is a part of us as human beings. And to recognize that, to accept that, and to know that we have instincts that have to do with our survival and with our procreation. And to get crosswise with those instincts is not a good idea. It'll just make you neurotic, trying to do what deep inside of you is considered wrong or you know, unnecessary or whatever else, trying to not be who you are is not helpful. Yeah. But anyway, as long as you see it as something natural, something you should not get crosswise with, and as long as you see that any relationship with anybody has to be caring, has to be about them, has to not be abusive, has to not be, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to take, and it's all about me and it's not about you, or maybe it's a little about you, but only as much about you as you provide me what I want, you know, all that self-centered stuff gets in the way and is not helpful. All that's high entropy and it leads to poor relationships. So I think those are the only, you know, those are the guiding things. Sex is, you know, it's not that it's, you know, moral or immoral. It's just us. It's the way we are. It's part of this avatar. So accept it and don't get crosswise with your instincts. But at the same time, care about all your relationships. Make it about other. Care about them. Don't be a user. Don't be self-centered. So if you just get keep those two things together, then everything will work out fine. But the things you're talking about, Caroline, are things in our culture that don't take those two things into consideration. You know, we have cultures, you know, ours worse, mine worse than yours, probably. That where the culture doesn't accept, you know, instincts and sexuality doesn't accept that sexuality is just part of being human. There are, you know, cultures that do. So, in as much as your culture creates barriers for you to be authentic and to be yourself and to express yourself in positive ways, if your culture gets in the way of that and makes those expressions wrong or illegal or, you know, not politically correct or whatever else, then those are the things I'm talking about. Whereas the society sometimes has, has uh, negative attitudes toward people, wants to legislate how people function, what they do and how they feel. Well, that's overriding people's free will people who are not hurting or abusing other people and are being kind and gentle and caring of other people should be able to do what they want with each other if they both agree and they're both being low-entropy people. So lots of laws, lots of, lots of 
cultural habits, um, lots of things that we do. You know, we have uh, uh, we have a lot of issues around gender, and we have groups that uh, exist just to promote one gender or another. You know, that can be helpful, but that can also be dysfunctional. It can be helpful if you see problems that you want to help across all genders. Let's make the world a better place for men and for women. Well, that's good. Let's just make the better place for men. And if that puts some women at risk, well, who cares? That's not good. And let's make the better place. Let's make the world a better place for women. And if that discomforts or disadvantages some men, well, who cares? You see, that's not so good. So those organizations that are pro one gender or the other, they're not very helpful unless they're pro-people fundamentally. If they're pro-people fundamentally, then good. They can point out the things about one gender or another that they think are you know, are problematic or need change. There's nothing wrong with that, but they need to be pro-people fundamentally, pro-human. If you're just pro-male or just pro-female, then you're part of the problem. You're sexist either way. And you generally will end up creating more problems in your, in your uh, interactions with others than you do solve those problems. How's that, Caroline? Does that suit? Or are you yes. looking for something more? No, no, I'm really happy you talked about it. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Jan, please go ahead. Okay. Hi, everybody. And hi, Tom. Um, I wanted to ask about um, anger, which is currently coming into my life more often. And... Um, I was discussing this with a friend who's way older than me and has much more experience in, in life in general and has also the negative and the bad sides of people and how to deal with them. And so I'm listening to him and trying to learn uh, different perspectives. And the thing is, like, um, <clears throat> you always say anger is, is a thing of ego. and There is a lot of negativity surrounding his uh, living place where I meet him occasionally. And so I meet those people too. And they are such drug, um, old drug addicts, which are psychologically not, not that good anymore, not that healthy and in their own world. And he says, well, you can't help them. You just need to avoid them. They are just stupid and. Um, yeah, they, he occasionally laughs about them or just makes fun and he talks about them in a negative way. And I think in my world, that doesn't help the situation. But I also know and understand that, um, or I want, I don't want to, I don't want to acknowledge that I cannot help or do something positive in that way. Like, I'm still holding back my opinion that why well, you can still be positive because I, I told him like, you can be positive, like, or you don't need to be negative about it. But then he just argues, well, um, you can't help those people anymore. And they are just, uh, yeah, it, there's no, no need to help. And another, yeah, well, I would like to say another, um, experience I had with a friend who is um, also very, like, very authentic in a way that he just lets out his emotion radically and triggers me quite a lot, like um, like my uh, feeling of inadequacy. But there is some feeling of not being respected, and I um, don't feel like I set my borders on. on, on I set my I set my healthy borders so that he uh, doesn't. Uh, step over me like I feel like step being stepped over like just being used and not being respected and um, I'm still not feeling like I understand his position when when we are in a working place together I mean he's my friend and we were 
uh, just working really hard and we're stressed out because we were weren't getting in time to to get out all the pro uh, um, all the food that we're preparing for 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 a festival and so he got really stressed and angry like i just said well in my um, in my um, work that i did i said oh this uh, filling up doesn't uh, isn't enough for for the rest of the bottles i need to fill up um, the the stuff that i fill, need to, needed to fill up and so he shouted at me well it, it is enough and i said no it is not and we we just battling each other and it got really ugly where where he said like if you if you are with this attitude uh, you won't uh, get far in, in your life and stuff like that like um i don't want yeah it's it's just i feel inadequate most of the time when 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 he's uh getting too far like most of the time i'm feeling all right because he just wants to give me a way of uh um of doing the work better efficient more efficiently because he's a uh, he's just a working guy he's he's identified with his work and his work ethic and that that he is really overviewing all his uh, things he does mm -hmm. and yeah but i can't it's it's like i feel like there's something left like um, i it's really hard to describe like the the heart field or the the, the connection is still not really getting in there like i'm feeling like i'm um um not being my i ca cannot be myself or i'm, I'm maybe fear okay. yeah um, maybe you can get a sense yeah. what i'm so um, so what's so your your question is how do you how do you deal with this or what's yeah like what's the, yeah 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 uh, the anger thing like um is it oh yeah right <laughs> i go yeah. way off track sorry um the an anger thing like is it useful to let out anger um occasionally to to for example to tech technological stuff which is not working you know, sh shit this pc doesn't work and um go to hell or um, whatever <laughs> like uh yeah just being being um angry about stuff that doesn't really get hurt by it and, and just to get out the, the energy and yeah. being okay with it well, or <laughs> well it's not uh It's not a great thing to do. You know, people get angry when they drive their cars in traffic, you know, and the traffic does, you know, somebody does something, pulls in front of them or does some kind of thing or is too slow to, to get going when the light changes or whatever. And people get angry and upset and fuss and swear and and uh, so on. And, yes, they get angry with equipment. And, and uh, it's not helpful, obviously. It doesn't make anything better. It doesn't improve other people's drivings. It doesn't make the equipment work any better. It is totally non-helpful. What it does is it lets you vent your anger. Okay. Now, a better thing to do, instead of venting your anger saying, ah, oh, I'd like to smack that refrigerator door because it never closes quite right. And I have to keep coming back and closing it over and over again. You know, so maybe you slam it next time or something else. Typically, you just create more problems for yourself. That anger just makes everything worse. Because when you get angry like that, then whatever happens in the next minute or two or three, all around you, that anger kind of spills over to it because you're just kind of angry and that angry vibe is just out there. And typically, that causes trouble. You know, it's the guy who's angry driving his car and just can't stand that slow person in front of him who gets in a, a wreck because he tries to get around him when it's not appropriate because he's so frustrated following him. So that anger tends to lead to problems. You know, the person who gets so angry that they slam the refrigerator door, now the door's broken. <laughs> they slammed it. Now it won't shut at all. It won't stay shut. It just keeps opening up. You see, that it tends to make things worse or leave them the same, but it doesn't leave you the same. It may not affect the traffic and it may not affect your refrigerator door, but it will always leave you. If you get angry, 
it makes it easier for you to get angry next time. And if you get angry that time, it makes it easier for you to get angry the time after that. So it becomes just the way you express yourself is angry. And that anger just kind of builds. It doesn't, it doesn't get less. It tends to get more over time. And it tends to go from things that are inanimate to things that are animate. It becomes more of the way you express yourself. So it's not a good thing. You should, you should realize, Oh, I'm getting angry here because this isn't the way I want it to be. You need to just back up from that and say, take a deep breath, let it go. It's just the way it is. Accept it like that. Okay. I'll just have to take a little extra time with that door. I'll just have to take a little longer to get through this traffic. It's just going to have to deal with it the way it is because. There's just a lot of things in this world that I don't control. I don't control the other drivers. I don't control that door. I don't control lots of things. And I need to work in a world that is beyond my control. And I need to do it without being upset. Sometimes you just have to slow down. All right, I really want to get to that doctor's appointment on time. I don't want to be late. And this person's just being so slow. Well, you may just be late. You may have to deal with that. Maybe you'll end up being so late they take somebody else and you'll have to wait for an hour. Maybe. Maybe they'll just cancel your appointment and charge you anyway because you were so late, you know. But life's like that. You just accept that sometimes those things will happen to you. And there's no sense getting real upset about them. You try not to let them happen, so you leave early enough that you can put up with some dysfunction on the road and still get there on time. And that's a lesson you learn. Well, don't cut it so short. Next time, leave an extra 10 minutes for people who only drive five miles an hour. That's just the way it is. And to get angry with those people who are doing that isn't helpful because there's all kinds of people who are allowed to drive, you know, and that little old lady's driving five miles an hour. If she drew, if she would drive 20 miles an hour, she'd allow it to be dangerous and she may need to get to where she's going. That may, that may be not, this trip may not just be for fun for her. She may really need to get there and that's her only way to get there. And if the only way she can do it is at five mile an hour, well, and you happen to be behind her and can't get around, well, then that's just the way it is. I live on a mountain road that's got a real windy two-lane road for a couple of miles. And sometimes you get behind a concrete truck that's going up there to some construction site, and they don't go more than one mile an hour. And it takes you 20 minutes to go those two miles, you know, to, to get up there. Seems like it takes all day, but there's no sense getting upset about it. You just say, well, today is going to be the scenic route. I'm going to look around and uh, enjoy the enjoy the trees and the woods and, you know, listen to some radio, uh, you know, think of some things I'm working on, try to solve some problems, and we're just going to dribble up this mountain for the next half hour because that's just life. So you make the best of it. And that's how you have to deal with things like that. And if that means you were late or you missed something or you didn't show up for a meeting, well, Life's like that, too. You just have to tell people, well, I got stuck. Couldn't do it. Sorry. You know, and life goes on. Everybody needs to adjust to these little inconveniences and things that are going to happen to us in our life. And if we get angry with all of them, well, that's obviously because it's all about us. How dare you hold me up? How dare you make me late? You know, and it's all a self-centered thing. People are doing what they have to do the way they have to do it. And you just have to let that be. Now that goes with your friend too. Sometimes he may get abusive just because he's angry and he wants to tell you what to do. And, you know, he'd rather have a slave than somebody who actually has a different idea than he does, you know, and it's inconvenient to have to explain it to you or whatever. So he may get unpleasant and you may be able to just let that wash by because, you know, He's not a bad guy and you really like your job. So, eh, okay. So I work with somebody who spouts off and gets angry sometimes, you know, in one ear, out the other. You just don't let it bother you. Or if it does bother you, then tell him about it. Say, hey, you know, this really bothers me. Or 
find another job, you know, or get rid of that fear altogether so it doesn't bother you. There's all kinds of ways, but you just deal with it, but deal with it in a positive way. Don't deal with it in a, you know, getting upset and angry just makes everything worse. And it'll ruin the next half hour of your day or the next hour now because that anger gets your adrenaline going, gets other things going, and now you're kind of out of sorts and edgy, and it just makes everything worse. So if you get in things that are unpleasant, say, well, okay, I'm stuck with this person all day today because we're working together, and I'll just do the best I can. I'll get my work done. I'll do what I need to do. I'll accommodate if that makes it go smoother. Um, if that doesn't make it go smoother and it really needs to be this other way, well, I'll stand my ground, you know, whatever you come up with, but just do it. Not because you're angry, but because that's just the way it is. And if that person says, no, you got to do it my way, my way. And if you know his way is wrong and it's going to hurt people, then you just don't. You say, can't do that. You do this, it'll, it'll hurt people. I can't hurt people. So sorry. You'll have to find somebody else to do it that way. You know, so you you can stay positive early in any situation. There's a time to walk away. There's a time to stand up. There's a time to push back. There's a time to just let it go. But there's never a time to be angry. There's never a time where being angry actually helps. And if people are so angry and so used to anger that they won't even listen to you if you're not angry, well, you need to leave and make friends with other people. Those aren't the right people that you need to hang out with. You know, you need to find people who are a little better quality than that. If the only way you can fit in is by getting is being angry or upset or complaining, then you need to find a different situation. Put your life in. It's not a good environment. Start looking for some other environment where you don't have to be negative or complain or make fun of other people or whatever to fit in. If you have to, then it's not, those aren't the people you should be hanging out with. I appreciate it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Guillaume, go ahead with your question. Okay. So, uh, 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 my question is a lot about, uh, relationships. I mean, uh, lately I had problems. I lost, uh, two really, uh, important friendships in my life. Uh, I had uh, loving breakups were really difficult. And then uh, two years ago, I lost uh, a, a really good job opportunity. Um, and then I'm, I'm working in, in a small area, you know. So uh, there's some problem with my reputation around and some things like that. And uh, I'm really open to deal with those situations and taking the responsibilities for those situations of my life. And I've did like a lot of reflection work on, on, on those situations. But mm -hmm. I guess my question is, uh, uh, what is the difference with uh, taking responsibilities for those like really suffering uh, and really hard lesson and taking the part that um, is due to you. You, uh, I don't know if you uh, understand what I mean by that. That's taking your responsibility and don't be too hard on yourself uh, with the situation going around. And when your life and your relationships um, kind of, Uh, being difficult and add up and add up and add up. It's been difficult to uh, like appreciate yourself and just going through life with uh, having a good uh, intention about yourself and the life around you. So uh, I guess that's pretty sum up what I wanted to <laughs> say. And I just need kind of advice regarding all that and uh, taking good advice from you, Tom. Okay. Um, very much like I uh, told Ralph, is that, you know, as you go through life, the way it works and the way you grow is you try to look at the, at the long-term entropy and you do use due diligence on coming to 
your choices. You make your choices, then you learn from them. So it sounds like that's what you've been doing. So the thing is, if you learn from each one, if you look at them and say, you know, if something went wrong or didn't turn out in a good way, then you look, why? Why did it do that? And not, not why from the, from the position of what other people could have done differently, but what you could have done differently. Always look at it from the position of what you could have done differently. Because we can all sa- solve all of our problems by rearranging other people to be the way we want them. But that's not what we're trying to do. That's making everybody, you know, uh, your slave. What we want to do is solve all of our problems by making us be as low entropy as we can be. So you look at all those, those problems and the, the friends that were lost and a job and so on. And you look at that and say, well, all right, why? Why did that happen? And, you know, what could I have done differently? How could I have been different? And then if you have a, a series of them like you have, then you look for commonality among them. Oh, well, see, yeah, in all of them, you know, this problem showed up. But in only one of them, you know, did that problem show up? And then you get some sense of things you need to work on, things you need to change, um, things that should be better. And sometimes, of course, it, you may not find uh, anything you could have done better. You know, maybe you were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, stuff happens that you just accept it and go on. And there's really not a lot of lesson in there for you. You know, like maybe you get, you know, if you get fired from a job, but that's because your company lost a contract and they don't have that contract anymore, then, you know, it's there's not much of a lesson you can have there other than, well, if you're going to work as a contractor doing contracts, then this happens. You know, you're going to sometimes the contract will go away and you have to go find another job. And you kind of have to accept that as a way of life if that's if that's the kind of job you're going to have. So learn what you can learn from it. Learn what you can learn from looking at all of those and see how could I have been different that would have been good for me? Not how could I have been different in a bad way? Well, I could have lied and cheated and done those those unethical things that the boss wanted me to do. And that would have, you know, kept my job. Well, no, that's not a different way that you want to be. You know, it's, it's not change you want to be. You want to be ethical. So it kind of depends on what happens and so on. But you look and see, how could I have been better? Or was I as good as I could have been? Could I have done this any better? My attitude, my knowledge, my preparation, my understanding, you know, my presentation. The way I, the way I look, the things I say, my vocabulary, you know, there's anything I could have done that would have made this better. And if, if that's in line of making yourself better at the same time, then you start working on that. Start trying to become that. Not just act it, but become it. You can't act it successfully for very long. Acting is only temporary. So that would be a, that would be the thing to do. And you're in a small place, so you have you know a reputation. Maybe you need to move to a, a different place if that reputation now is such that it's negative and it's going to be an uphill battle. Or if you don't want to move or you can't, maybe you've got family there or other things that will hold you there. Then you're going to have to say, well, how do I change this? This is what the problem is. How do I change this? And the change may make you change. You may have to change in order to change that. If that's the case, then you might as well just start working on that. But you always have to change yourself in a way that's lower entropy, that's good for you. You don't change yourself by, you know, like I say, becoming unethical so your boss likes you better. You know, that's that's not a good change. That's a negative change. You have an an unethical boss, then you need to work someplace else. Go somewhere else. So, you know, I, you know, without knowing your problems specifically and and just having them general like this, which is which is good because there's probably a lot of people who are in a who have you know similar situations where everything seems to be going wrong, everything seems to be headed downhill. You know how you know what's going on? Well, take stock of the situation. Why? Just bad luck. What I what I think uh, was important. My question was that. 
uh, when things go apart like this, um, you, you know that there's a lot of lesson out there to, to take care and deal with it. But what what about uh, the uh, opinion about yourself? You know, uh, uh, how do you go from that low point of self esteem because because of your en environment and the situation around and just take the lesson and like it's a growth of opportunity right there but <laughs> uh, uh how, how can you be more uh gentle to yes, yourself well, okay. in that kind of situation okay. you know yeah well you you have to you have to look at it positively if you look at yourself negatively you just create more problems being negative towards yourself is dysfunctional and it's going to make everything worse. So right off, you know that that's not a good thing. You need to be more positive. You need to build that self-esteem up. And I think a way to do that is to say, well, okay, I'm in this situation. It's not good. I have reputation problems, but it's not, it's not like forever. It's just now I can change that. I can change me. I can change how people interact with me. I can change how I interact with other people. So much of it is changeable. And you just set a, a plan. What's the plan? Well, I got to get rid of this fear and that fear, and I got to do this and that, and maybe, you know, whatever it is that you, the lessons you learn, and just have the idea that there, wherever you are, there's only one way to go from here, and that's up. It can only get better. That's, that's the attitude. Say, okay, stuff happens, you know. Okay, I'm down at the bottom. I'm feeling bad about myself. But look, it's myself. The one thing I can change, <laughs> you know, if it was about the economy or about something else, well, you, you, you can't change that necessarily. But if it's about yourself, wow, lucky you. That's the one thing that you can change. So you start changing it. Start being differently. I'm saying, all right, this old self of mine is like this. And it's got itself into a bunch of trouble by bad luck or bad choices or whatever. I need a different self. I need one that doesn't have those problems. And you start working on them. And you will start making progress. Say, all right, maybe I need a, a different attitude. Maybe I, you know, well, then work on that. Work on that attitude. Practice that attitude. Catch yourself whenever you don't have that attitude and say, oh, that's not good. I'm okay. I'm good. I can do these things. I can be what I need to be. I can grow. So have a positive attitude about your future and think that from here on, it can only get better. All you have to do is be authentic, be who you are, and be trying to be better. Seriously trying to be better to where you're actually making changes. And that should be a positive thing. You're on a start with something new, something better. Oh, it'll take time. It may take a couple of years. It's not that it'll be better in a week, but you got the rest of your life. It's an investment. So make that investment in you and improving yourself, getting rid of fears and just have in your mind the better future. Keep in your mind where you're going and continually work there. And that should be able to make your, you know, your self-esteem and your attitude a lot more positive. Say, well, I'm nowhere to go here, but up. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to fix things. It'll all get better. It'll take time, but I'll work on it. And then feel positive about yourself. You're taking things in hand. You're going to fix the situation. So you have to, you have to have that sense. If you believe I can't fix the situation, I'm doomed. Well, that will just destroy you. That will lead you to self pity and depression. That is just, you know, that will uh, like acid. That'll just eat you away. So going there is just self defeating. Will make everything worse. If you think things are bad now. All you have to do is, you know, stay negative about yourself and guaranteed they will get worse and continue to get worse. So you've got to get out of that funk and start looking at there's only one way to go and that's up. 
from now on, I'm going to react differently. I'm going to learn new things. I'm going to maybe get a new career. Maybe I'll go on the internet uh, at nights and start to learn how to be an accountant or, uh, you know, put out oil well fires or whatever, whatever there is. Then maybe I'll go someplace else and get a job doing that. Prepare yourself for success and just start working on it with a positive attitude. Positive attitude. That's important. You'll see, it'll start to work. As your attitude is positive, positive things will start happening to you. Thank you, Tom. Just for finish, uh, there's a quote from Eckhart Tolle that he said, relationships make you conscious, not happy. Relationships make you conscious, not, not necessarily happy. <laughs> oh, not necessarily happy. Yes. Yeah, relationships are the, where we where we learn. Relationships are where the rubber meets the road. Relationships are where our challenges are. Us dealing with somebody else with free will. Us having our free will. Us having our fears, our ego, and our beliefs, and that other person having their fear, egos, and beliefs. And you throw that together, and you've got a learning situation. <laughs> you've got challenges. You know, it's uh, that's where we learn the hardest lessons is in relationships. And it's worth sticking in a relationship that's beneficial at teaching you things, even if it's hard. So relationships are good for learning. They may not be. They may not be happy all the time. Hopefully they'll be happy some of the time. But if you're learning and growing from them, that's good. That's what it's about. Our life here isn't about being happy. Our life here is about growing up and learning. So if we get in a tough situation, that maybe doesn't make us happy, but it's making us grow up, then I'd say stick with it. Stick with it until you've learned a lot of lessons, and then happiness will come to you. Once you grow up, the happiness will just come to you. One of the reasons that you're not happy is because you haven't grown up yet. You're still making yourself miserable. So learn those lessons and happiness will come all by itself. Tom, we are, we're going to go over just a bit because Diego's been waiting for a long time. Um, we can take one more question. We did get a late start. <laughs> So if that's all right. Well, yeah, well, that's just fine. Sure, wouldn't have Diego sit here all this time listening and not get his question out. That would be I know. that would be I, terrible. I appreciate it, you too. Um, my question is: How do we change what we care about at the being level? And if uh, we care a lot about something that is high entropy, how can we change? to uh, lower entropy um, while still maintaining like our authenticity without going completely against it. If it is something we still care about. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of force of will. If you want to grow up and you want to change, then you just want it enough that it happens, but you have to really want it. If you just pretend that you want it, Oh, I should want this. I should do this. I should change this. I should be this way. Then not much will happen. Maybe your behavior will change a little bit, but nothing much else will change. But if you really want to change yourself, then it's just force of will that makes that happen. If you really want it, you'll be thinking about it. You'll notice it. You'll know when you're not. You'll know when you're, when you're not doing it the way you want to do it. And you'll just constantly stop yourself and say, no, let that go. Don't be that way. And eventually, if you keep that pressure on yourself, you'll change. You just won't be that way anymore. Those same things, just you won't respond the same way anymore. You'll be a different person. So it's just force of will makes it happen. If you just sit and say, well, gee, I really should, you know, be this way. I really should do that. Then it hardly ever happens. It's got to be something you really want to do. And that force of will can be very strong. 
do it, but you have to keep everything else nicely balanced in the meantime. So yes, you have to grow up, but you have to grow up in a way that doesn't unsettle or create problems for other people. Unless those problems need to be created. You know, sometimes if there's somebody who's just say really mean to you, then the best thing to do is go someplace else. If there's somebody you're really mean to, then, well, you have to let that go. You have to get over that. That's not helpful. So sometimes just changing your environment can be helpful, but it's not about your environment. It's about you, not your environment. Does that help any, Diego? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I uh, had a feeling it was going to have something to do with intent or will, but yeah. Yeah, intent, intent sets the direction, says, here's where I want to go. That's my intention, and will get you there. Will's the, will's the force that, that uh, actualizes the intent. Not necessarily easy, but worth it in the long run. Thank you, Tom, and thank you, everyone, for your questions. This wraps up our 80th Fireside Chat. Thank you, and see you again. Okay. So long, everybody. Thank you very much for coming, guys. Don't forget Oliver. Tom Campbell here. I and MBT Events hope you liked this video. We now have well over a thousand hours of free video on this user-friendly, ad-free YouTube channel. Though these videos are free to our viewers, they represent many thousands of hours in production and editing, and many thousands of dollars invested in video and audio equipment, along with the required computers and software to store and process the raw video into finished products. So far, all of this content has been funded directly out of our own pockets. Be assured, we will always continue to do what we can. It's our life, our purpose, a labor of love that we will continue to pursue as best we can. However, those pockets are not as deep as they used to be. Thus, we are now seeking to augment our resources with support from our viewers. If you find something of significant value in our videos, please consider supporting their production through our Patreon account or through a one-time donation. The links are in the description below. Thank you.